everyone. On today's episode of Community Talk with Tommy, I'll be interviewing Nick Rogers, his wife Marissa Rogers, and our mutual friend John Lehman. Nick is a fifth-generation Butte Falls logger who has traveled the world, done a bunch of different things, and eventually came back to Butte Falls to start his family with Marissa. John is a self-described, quote, dude from New Jersey, who came out to the Wild West and found the life that he always wanted to live with his wife, Holly. Nick owns a few logging companies, one of which, Rogers Contract Cutting Incorporated, you'll hear referred to in this episode as RCC. He also owns the tavern in Butte Falls, soon to be open. John owns a trucking company, is a hemp farmer, and owns a lot of heavy machinery, which results in him getting involved in all kinds of ventures. This story, their story, is a good one, and constitutes a few firsts for this show. It's the first time I've interviewed multiple people at once, and it's also the show's first two-part episode. If you've been following the show thus far, you'll have noticed that we've mostly been focused on people, organizations, and events centered largely around the Almeida Fire that started in Ashland and went on to decimate the adjacent cities of Talent and Phoenix. This two-part episode is going to focus on the South Open Chain Fire, which is one of a number of fires that ignited the same day as the Almeida Fire, September 8th, 2020. The same conditions that led to the devastating ferocity and speed of the Almeida Fire, i.e. high winds, 0% humidity, and prolonged drought conditions, fueled the rapid expansion of the South Open Chain Fire, which burned more than 32,000 acres between the towns of Eagle Point and Butte Falls, more than 10 times the acreage burned by the Almeida Fire. Nick lives off of Open Chain Road, and the fire was quickly moving into his backyard, threatening his property, his neighbor's properties, and the town of Butte Falls. For all you listeners who may not be familiar with the area, Butte Falls is very rural and has a much smaller population and far fewer structures than other parts of the Rogue Valley. This meant that on a day during a week that the whole state of Oregon seemed to be on fire, they were pretty low on the priority list. Nick ends up calling everyone he knows in the area with access to heavy machinery, most of whom are loggers whose knowledge and skill is invaluable in a wildland firefighting situation like this. They end up forming an impromptu firefighting crew, fighting the fire for eight days, and ultimately, they help save the town of Butte Falls. Some would call them a volunteer outfit, others would call them freelancers, still others might call them criminals. Eventually, they came to be known as the Logger Militia. This episode contains a lot of explicit language, so if you're listening with young viewers, please be advised. Without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Nick Rogers, Marissa Rogers, and John Lehman. Okay, so uh, thank you so much for, for being here with me today, taking the time. Uh, for the listeners, we're out here in Butte Falls, hanging out with uh, some folks that would later become known as the Logger Militia, is that? Yeah. That's it. That's, yeah. that's what we were told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So um, I guess let's go around the table and just tell me a little bit about yourselves, what you do, where you're from, backgrounds, where you grew up, how you found yourself here. 
John, can you go first? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm John Lehman. I grew up in New Jersey. Somehow ended up in Oregon. I had a little pot farm for a minute, and then all of a sudden I met Nick, and I'm now doing log trucking and heavy equipment shit. And can I say shit? Yeah, you can say sure. And, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, scrapping and hauling of all kinds. You literally hauled shit for a while. Yeah. I, I mean, did, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, last year we we ended up doing a bunch of poop hauling for manure, selling manure. And it was one of the greatest businesses I've ever been involved in, honestly. But uh, I've been out in Oregon for about like seven years, eight years now. And um, just gotten deep with this son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm Nick Rogers. I'm a what, fourth generation Butte Falls logging in the background. My great, 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 and then my great grandfather and my grandfather and my dad have all logged in these mountains right here around where we're right where we're at. And I've traveled and moved around and come back home to raise my family in the small town we we live in now. So that's why I'm here. That's why Sweet. we're rooted. Oh yeah. And I'm uh, Nick's wife, Marissa, and uh, for some reason I ended up in this deep, deep shit hole kind of thing <laughs> with Nick Rogers as well. So, um, yeah, we live in this tiny town. I've known him for what, nine, well, eight, eight years probably. Yeah, so decided to start a family here. So, that's it. Awesome. It's great. It's beautiful out here. Great place to start a family. Um, so, yeah, I'm here to talk to y'all about the crazy adventure you all had with the with the open chain fire out here we're on open chain road is that right That's it. A, yeah. yeah and so um y'all were out there for eight days cutting lines and kind of created like a rogue rogue fire crew and i was just hoping that you guys could go and walk us through the whole that whole experience from beginning to end as best you could my my day was an interesting day that first I, that yep. first thing that, because I, I, I started my day not thinking that anything was going wrong at all. I was at my house working on my buddy's truck, just <laughs> thinking that that was going to be the clusterfuck of the day, was trying <laughs> to get his brakes back together on this old beat up truck. And um, then I heard, I got a phone call that there was a fire down in Ashland. And I got a phone call that it was moving up in the talent. And I called Nick because we've got year like are we going to ashland i didn't hear back for a little bit and then i get the phone call from him that there's not only the fires down there in ashland but there's one right up back right right behind the house in butte falls we had no clue yeah and so he calls me up and he said and i the message is he's like he's yelling over above like equipment he's in a truck or something and i just hear Get the cat, get the fuck up here, be here now, be here now. And I'm like, where at? And he's like, just go up over chain road, Bennett will find you, click. And that was it. Yeah. And so I like I, I realized that there's a fire up here and we jumped, we fueled up all, all our bulldozer, threw it up on the trailer behind the dump truck, grabbed a few supplies because we figured we had, we had that point and had no, no idea how things were going to go or how crazy things were going to get or what was going on and we headed this way and as we got onto 234 
we could see just this big column of smoke coming up from, from the hills towards Butte Falls and came up Butte Falls Highway and you could see the fire burning. And I realized that this was not going to be like a false alarm, that this was really going down. And I'd never fought fire before. It was, so uh, I was it was some stuff I've never, nervous, I've seen a lot of fires. <laughs> I've seen a lot of fires and, you know, you... You think you'd seen it all in steep canyons and everything else and seen people's houses burn and whatnot, but once it's, you know, I'm taking the, unloaded the cat the first day and we're going down to a buddy's house and the fire's kind of just milling around and underneath their house and thinking, oh, it's not going to be a problem, we'll line it. And there's people in underneath it and it was only a couple hundred acres and they'd stop one there a few, about a, two or three weeks earlier. So at the time, that was before I called John that we had it kind of, we we're just gonna whip it out real quick and be done. But there was no air support, there was no resources, all the state had consumed all the other resources. Yeah. And once the fire moved north across the there was nobody getting to us, so it was kinda Yeah, they were just they were there were so us. many fires that had started before that one that Yeah, we they, didn't we didn't see a, an official vehicle for the first four days. There was no state, there was no there was uh, no fe- there was nobody for the first four days. It was all private industry. Wow. So wow. when it broke, I called John and called uh, the landowners that we logged for that was land was getting ready to burn up and got the permission to basically call anybody and everybody I knew. So at the time, the state, with the way the weather conditions were, shut the woods down. So there was no active industry like able to legally work in the woods at the time. So when smart you say industry, you're talking industry. Logging, I'm saying logging, logging in the you know logging industry. So yeah. we were all all the timber industry was shut down at the time until further notice. With the way you know we we're calling for hundred year storm of east winds and you know zero humidity, which was a great decision from the state's point of view to do that. So when I got on the phone, they basically to call resources. We had the the army came and we had I think we had. The first three days we had, I think, 15 cats on the way and lined up, all private yeah. industry, well, you know, when just you jump say, into the call. When you say cats, you're talking about bulldozers. Dozers, yeah, yeah. bulldozers, cats. That's like the, the tank. If a, if a fire is the, and this is my, like, my limited experience of it, but like, the, they are the thing. They the are cat what team. fights the fire. The cat, a, the cat, helicopters are great for picking up spots, but they're not going to put a fire out. They can't pack enough water. I mean, you can get... Uh, air resources are very efficient, but you it, over time, through the retardant, the fire will chew it up and eat it. If you don't put a break, make dirt for, you know, uh, even if a small, low-intensity fire, a 10, 15-foot break is good, but if mm-hmm. it's a big fire like this one, you're looking at 50 to 100 foot of breaks of just nothing but dirt yeah. for 100 feet on a fire like this. Yeah. It was incredible. So so the forests were closed from the state and so y'all weren't working, which meant that your machinery was available. Did you see use. the hole in the yard when you came in out there? Did you see that big up spot? My yeah. septic? Uh-huh. So that was That's the we day the fire day. started and I have yet what are, what are we? Is it, like, is, it, no, is it December yet? Yeah, is it close? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Needless to say, yeah. I still have a hole in my front yard. Yeah. yeah. So when, I'll get to it, honey. I'll get to but it. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, all the all the timber guys are, you know, they're like furloughed. They're off work. Yeah. And all the machines are just sitting out in the woods, and the, you know, the state doesn't. They, it's not in the rolodex unless they're signed up. Yeah. With the state prior to the fire to to get called as a resource, so 
you know, and a lot of them haven't done it because there's complications between the state and the timber industry with actually being on that list and getting getting signed up. And so those machines were just sitting. We had the best of the best on the fire when it come up here. We had a, a perfect scenario of the best people that could be. I mean, all that the people available. that were here. And they're all local guys. They're that all local. People. We all work together. We yeah. all know, have everybody had everybody's contacts. Every It was all, and we all cut trees for each other so it's a whole bunch of different companies yeah we'll go to bat and bid jobs to get like we'll bid against each other and do all this but when it when it come down to the good old boy the good old boys were there and it was awesome. well and that's what was really funny for me because i'd heard about all the like everything about fighting fire because i've i've you know been around with these guys that have been doing it previously and been signed up to the state and all that stuff and i'd heard all the like there's all the gear you got, like everything, all the all the like paperwork and protocols <laughs> and the meetings and the stuff like that. And I got up here expecting, like not I not really knowing what to expect, but like we showed up. It's dark. We've got these cats. We've got we're we're putting lights on them, at, like so that we can see, making sure that we've got all our gear up to snuff for the job. But I'm looking around and I'm like, there's nobody here that I don't know, and there's nobody here that looks like they're from the government <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and i was like and that's when it sort of started to sink in that i was like we are going for it right yeah. now and that that's and it was really the the guys down the roads the road here had equipment in their yards or yep. equipment in like private timber that they were you had a community on. of loggers and forest people Sorry, that yeah. live yeah. here we're from here yeah. we know every road we know yeah. we know everything and everybody yeah. was right there that night like that first night because i, I got up here right as it were you got scared dark. or were you feel did you feel like you had your shit together was, did, like, was, was it, were you ever like, like, you know, like i'm like, by myself I'm a, and i'm, I'm gonna a, die I'm or a were you junkie good? for an exciting time right like i'm i love it like i love getting into a situation that is a little bit above my pay grade and <laughs> figuring it out it's organized but, chaos but, it was all organized chaos and it was and it was from from like like for what we were working with and the way that we were, the the resources that we did have, it was like pretty well organized because everybody sort of started falling into place and just doing what needed to get done. And that was what was cool about the the whole situation was that yeah, these were all people that weren't any in any official capacity fighting the fire. They were just guys that all knew each other, and so we all knew how we there was were. a level of respect that we're yeah and it with. was and like if you know somebody can't find a spool of wire to put a light on the hood of a cat one before you even ask somebody they were running to their truck because they had some in their toolbox and they'd be right there and when we just started immediately working together in that way where nobody was arguing about the plan or you know there was it was quick you know because we got the cats on the ground and you and I were out of there in 20 minutes after we yep. after we re like had a quick conversation with, I mean, there were maybe 15 guys up there at, yep. at that point. That and, was the first night. Yeah, and, and we took off down the road, got halfway down it, and realized that the direction we were heading was going to burn over and that we couldn't. We, that, we were we circling, and yeah. then we were picking up spots. When you hear terms like the fire was spotting or spots were popping up, that refers to spot fires. A spot fire is a fire that is ignited outside the perimeter of the main fire by flying sparks 
or embers. So in really hectic situations, and, and in this case, in the, in the first couple of days, the wind was really intense. So it's taking burning material from the main fire, casting it up into the air, and throwing it uh, way far downwind in, in front uh, of the fire in its path. And uh, spot fires can, can be really tricky. They can be really dangerous if you don't catch them in time. Uh, particularly if you're out there fighting the fire. If you're up against the main burn, cutting lines, trying to stop it, and you have you know sparks, embers, burning material flying over your head and starting smaller fires behind you, um, that, that can lead to a very sticky situation where you can actually get trapped by the fire if you're not careful. Super sketchy, super dangerous. Um, when that's happening, that's the time to pull out. The first... Uh, 16 hours on that fire were like we kind of like feeling pretty good and we we're hotlining it feeling good about it two cats wide and it was looking good on our tail end the whole yeah. way up and then we got up in there and crossed some draws and it started looking and oh there's a spot and then as that morning progressed and the wind kicked up it was there was we had two other cats with us so it was four cats total the back two cats could never catch up because we were picking up spot fires. And then you start looking out through the trees 200, 300 yards above you and you're picking up spot fires. It's time to go home. Well, and that was so we first... backed up. That's basically after, what, I'd say four hours into the next morning, three hours into the next morning, we backed up to houses and said, we're, yeah. it's spotted everywhere. We're, we're, we're basically structure protection. I don't like, yeah, well, yeah. so timber fallers doing like, I'd ever it seen was incredible. in my life. So, like, we got off on, and we ran through that stuff, and I didn't know that we were in the thick of it at that point. <laughs> I, like, That's I, why you were good, because you well, were calm yeah, and relaxed. because I was just like, all right, like, yeah, if there's a fire, so of course, like, what are we going to do? You don't need lights when the... you work that close to the fire yeah, either. No, so yeah, we're, fun. like, right up against the edge of the fire, and we're pushing the stuff, and it's hot, and, like, I know, like... My cat's got hydraulic oil all over it, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so I just, I need, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna not put it into the fire, but obviously we're we're right on the. What edge. was it? The what, honey? The like third or fourth night, I finally got like maybe was gonna sleep for a little bit. I, I think I had six keys, fire extinguisher keys, in my pocket from putting out cat fire, or like just embers yeah. or debris on the cat. I had like I think I had yeah. at least five five different keys from fire extinguishers yeah, yeah. just putting the fire out and cleaning i mean you get so much debris when you're pushing yeah but it was like it was just so hot like yeah. everything was like anything any ember was like it was a fire yeah well so there's no talking to each other on the cats either so <laughs> after we leave out from where we drop them off i'm behind nick and he's pushing the line and i'm cleaning up behind him and trying to make it wider and we're working our way through the woods and we're right up against the edge of this fire. And I mean, at some places it was sort of low and skunked down and other places it was getting pretty high up in the trees and freaky. And, but I'm thinking the entire time, like, <laughs> obviously this is just how it is and this is totally normal. And so like, I'm no pussy. Here we go. And, and like, we're, we're, like, we're getting, and then we get, we're way out and we catch this little spot fire that starts hooking around behind us. That first one up yeah. that steep yeah. draw from the old timber we yeah. were in. Campfire fire in a BLM patch that has 170 foot yeah. tall snags. Yeah. And when you look behind you, you see them fall down. It's like, yeah, yeah that's like right about then is when we kind so of pulled the plug. Well, and it's like, right, we, right at that point, like we hooked around and we tried to line out this fire that had started behind us that had jumped over the line we just cut. And we get to the top 
and we're about to dive down the hill to chase after it. And Nick looks over at me because we're side by side in the machines and he yells, we're in the shit. <laughs> and, and that was the moment where I was like, oh, like Nick is concerned. Great. We're fucked. Like, we're fucked. <laughs> but at that point, we were so far out in the woods, it was just sort of like, we got it. We're going to keep on keep on going. And we just kept on chasing it until we got back around to the Hammonds place. Yeah. How, how, how are you guys, like, making decisions, especially in, like, those early days? I mean, so everybody, like, met up here, and, and, and I want to backtrack a little bit to, like, when you were calling John. Yeah. And you're yelling into your phone, like... I was probably yelling because I was running a cat down the road. Yeah. It wasn't like I was yelling at it. Everything, yeah. with the chaos of every, like, I mean, it's yeah. organized It's organized chaos. And but you also lost your phone, like, five different times throughout the whole fire. I found it like, every time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're running around in a cat all night or whatever. Well, like, yeah, we, no, I no. had radio, so we could hear, we kind of knew what was going on, but at the same token, we didn't, that first, I think the first day, first evening, there was an air attack. And I don't think there was, I mean, then there was like, as we went back to structure protection, we had a couple borate drops around some houses. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, we knew what the, we knew what was going on. I mean, that it wasn't, like, we were, we weren't rogue. And then the pe- the state, I think it was day four, the, maybe the federal took over, but we, like, we, we communicated the best we could and the fed team. Most of them were absolutely phenomenal. There was a few apples because like, we didn't see any point in us leaving as we, you know, we were kind of shifting our, we were, we worked straight quite a bit, but we were taking yeah. breaks. We were under, we were in our, in our well, means. And then they were all staying here. So every, every guy that was all in our group, they were all staying here. And as a logger standpoint, we would push until late or night, we'd sleep. And we were out there on the fire at daylight or before daylight. Like we already kind of knew and our people that we'd left out there. So it was a smooth handoff. It wasn't go to a meeting and then you have complete somebody completely different you know and then they had the 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 meeting with all the fires was all the way down in in central point at the expo so you had a a, not only just to get here with the traffic and the the blocks and the the debris and like it was like an hour and a half drive just to get up here and then the whole you're like four and a half five hours i would say on a transition every shift that's driving here and back from the expo to fight the fire, like all yeah, the guys. Yeah, we didn't see anybody the state, for the first. They actual were losing a total of three hours every shift. So three of their what? What are their shifts on? It's I think it's twelve. Twelve hours. 12. So 12 three hours of their twelve-hour shift was spent driving. driving. Right. And then the the next. I'd guys, say more. But you got meetings, another hour right, meeting, yeah, and, and they, then getting yeah. their stuff. Like we were. Here we had we had just bare minimum. We had three, just in driving four thousand, five thousand gallons of fuel here. Yeah. And then we had fuel brought in. So, like, we were... We were set. We were set. We were fine. And we had a chain of command. And there was no questions. So, Everybody so found a place. How did that... I mean, how did that form? That chain of command? Like, what... I guess I could say uh, my I started making phone calls and people showed up and this people we've worked for over the past and big companies, very established companies have been around the valley forever, mm-hmm. had a level of respect is when they showed up, it was, hey, what do I do? Boom. And it was, yeah. uh, I'd pass what it do down. Need? Well, so Nick, was, Nick yeah. was the quarterback of the whole thing. So and, at, it, and it happened. Day two or three, I didn't really... jump on. Day three, I think. I don't think I jumped on another piece of equipment. It was more, I did on a side-by-side of my neighbors that we absolutely <laughs> destroyed, which is a whole nother podcast <laughs> 
on its own. We could probably do something all, all yeah. together for that machine. I mean, R.I.P. It took a beating. Somebody in California has it now, so it's all good. <laughs> for those unfamiliar with the term side-by-side, -side, a side-by-side, -side, uh, also called a utility terrain vehicle or recreational off-highway vehicle, is a small two- to six-person four-wheel drive off-road vehicle. Uh, such vehicles have powertrains similar to those of ATVs or all-terrain vehicles uh, and have much of, although perhaps not all of, their rugged terrain capability. Uh, Side-by-sides basically look like really souped-up uh, golf carts. Uh, frequently, the, the cabins uh, are fully enclosed. They can have AC, heat, and there's usually a bed on the back that you can load up uh, gear or uh, if you're hunting, using one to hunt, you can you can throw your game in the back of that uh, vehicle as well. But that's it, it happened really naturally because it started out, it was me and Nick on the cats and a bunch of guys that were gearing up, getting ready to protect houses and, and shit like that. And then when the other cats started showing up, we were already working. And so they were like, what are you doing? And, and where, what do you do? What's the, what's the mission here? And we're like this. We had line swamped. We had swampers, line swamped. We had we had a lot of experience already. You know, future fire experience. The, up here. the way it, it, it wasn't worked a bunch out of nobodies. was that because we never really stopped working, and we didn't have these meetings and stuff like that. Not to say that meetings aren't important. We, we had did meetings, have meetings together every, every day. Like we would all get together, but they weren't long. They weren't drawn out, and it was all just a continuation of the same work that we were doing. You know, you went to bed knowing what the guy that was going to be out there that night was doing, and you'd wake up the next morning, and as you got in the machine and he got out, he would tell you where things were at. Mm -hmm. So you were in and out, and there wasn't any lost time. Like the the machines ran. The machines never turned off for day, eight days. The every cat, day. Uh, not one cat turned off for for yeah. for tw for eight days, twenty four yeah. hours a day. No, we never turned them off. We'd feel them. Why turn them off? They're old cats. They're badass old cats. And, yeah. I mean, a starter could go out, and usually they were right on the... So just don't turn did, it off. I, if I you know you're doing the shit, don't turn I it got, off. I started, it started getting hot on me because it, I've been running it so long and so hard that I was just every... They have a little overflow tube, right? And, and my, I've, I've just been going and going and going. And so it started getting hot, and I shut it off. And I felt topped up the coolant and <laughs> went to start it. It goes... Click, click, and I'm like, <laughs> son of a bitch, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm sitting there in the middle of the wood, and at that point I was by myself, I mean, I wasn't in a dangerous spot, but, because I, you know, I didn't want to shut it off anywhere else, <laughs> you know what I mean, so, but ended up, what was your famous, you seen it before, we were pushing a safety zone, the fire was getting hot, and we were kind of pushing through, and push a safety zone, and nudge in, Push a safety zone and nudge in. And John said when he seen the rabbits and deers come flying, deer come flying out <laughs> yeah. of the brush, he knew it was about to get real. <laughs> yeah. So I think you've seen that like, yeah. three or four three, different four times, times where the deer and rabbits and every animal was just running right next to like, yeah. coming to you for safety. It's like, it's right there. Get it's, ready. It's, it's like coming. That, it's like know. that opening scene of Bambi. It's, it's, it's exactly, exactly it. what it Everything. is. And that was the, the the moment that I was the most. There were a couple of spots that I got into with like one with Tim, Tim. way up on the on this really nasty steep stuff. But the uh, that I mean, I 
we were up there trying to chase the fire from the bottom, and... Which is got, the right, like, yeah. it's the safe way to do it. And we get, I run the cat all the way up to the top of this really nasty, steep stuff that I wasn't sure it was going to make it up, but, you know, Tim said I should do it, so I did it, right? And, <laughs> and I'm like... Experience, I'm, you like, did once it. Once again, I'm like, I'm like, if Tim said... I think he just wanted like, to see if you could make it yeah, up. Yeah, right. He wanted to see, like, and so I'm like, all right, Test your balls. Here we go. So we make it up to the top, and I'm pushing some area out, and Nick's behind us with three cats coming, and I get the area sort of cleared, and Tim tells me that he's going to go and check behind us real quick, and then we're going to go up the steep part, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the steep part. And, but So I'm, I'm like, okay, I keep cleaning things up, and I see him running back through the woods, and just this orange glow behind him. And he makes the signal like, we're out of here. And we start going back down the trail that we just come up. And the fires come and hooked around below us. And it's way up in the trees. Like, we're, it's, the, I mean, they're 80 Crowning. foot. 80 foot trees. And then the flames are shooting up above the top of them. It's the most awe-inspiring thing I have ever seen. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> and Tim sort of looks at me and he just points 45 degrees away from the fire downhill because we got to go down but we can't go straight down because the fire's crossing our trail already and so i'm like fuck it <laughs> throw, throw the cat into high gear and i'm like this is gonna like and i'm diving down the thing and tim is running ahead of me and i'm hitting trees and they're whipping down to the ground and he's just trying to get far enough in front of me that he doesn't get crushed and the and I look as as we're getting down, we get hit below the fire. I you look back and it crossed what we'd just come down, and I have this moment of like my heart just like beating in my chest, and I'm thinking this is the scariest thing <laughs> that I've ever done. But that the the thing that really freaked me out though, and it there wasn't even any fire around. This is because after that experience, I was like my I was hyped right. Adrenaline just going. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There well, was, and so, so I'm, I'm down cutting on the uh, trail down towards the rock pit. Yep. And I'm by myself. And, I, like, everybody knows where everybody's at. Like, I'm not, like, off. On, yeah, yeah. On, like, but I'm down there. And the fire, I, I, as far as I know, is not anywhere near me at that point. But, like, I know it's coming this way. And I'm down there cutting, just da -da -da -da, like pushing trees, making it super wide because that's what Tim said. <laughs> and, and, uh, and all of a sudden, yeah, like ten deer, rabbits, like all man, like squirrels, all in like a big pack, come running out of the woods like as fast as they can. And I'm like, fuck this. That was the one time I, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going back. And it wasn't even anywhere near us. It was, they were just running from the, <laughs> like the top of the mountain. <laughs> but I was out of there, dude. I was not messing around. I thought they were telling me something. Man, so so did y'all have like walkie-talkies and stuff? Or was it just... Like... We had a side-by-side. -side, no communications about yeah. 50 miles an hour on a fire line. So however far you wait, you know, if you're a mile away, it's going to take... It's like playing telephone. It's going to take you yeah. a minute. Yeah. Well, so, because even with if you did have a radio, because we had a couple, you couldn't we necessarily kept, reach. No, because, it, because everything was jammed. Well, yeah. no, and everything with all the fires in the valley and everything. That's the thing. Like 
when you do come into like they say have a family plan or like have like where are you gonna meet yeah. is because when a chaos happens, don't the phone's not gonna work. Like they work probably twenty percent of the time. Yeah, they would actually get through. You couldn't send text because everything well, was jammed. Well, and we had no power too to be able to. Turn yeah, it. had no power. So. We did, is what we did was we'd have kind of a plan and we had, you know, two or three people, two or three cats with this person and this trail and these guys. So everybody, we had a chain of command without communication. Well, and, that's, that's and we did thing. have a couple radios, which it didn't, I mean, we had enough radios. So we, yeah, basically split. We had, I think we had three radios with everybody, but we'd clump people together and the, we had the communications that, well, and that was They're what shaky, was really but great they were good enough, about the whole situation and the way that that chain of command happened was... I don't know why it happened. I mean, other than well, the fact no, that we kind of knew. It people. happened because... So Nick was leading the show, 100%. And nobody had any fucking issue with that because Nick knows the mountain here better than anybody else. Yeah. He knows where everything is and how to get there the easiest. You know, whether it's on a trail or through the woods. Yeah. Like, you do it blind. there yeah. was no, there was and so, never any, yeah, I would say we'd have never had any, with anybody, everybody fell into place. Like how yeah. they should have. And, there was and that nothing. made sense. I mean, there was no ego. There was no rank. There was nobody, even the guys from the state that were coming up yep. to, because there were a couple of guys that would come out just to see what was happening. Because, like, they were all busy on the Eagle Point side of the fire. Right. And they had all their resources down there. And they kind of left us up here to handle it. Yeah. Because they knew that... They, they had could. confidence. They, well, they, yeah. it was, they, they didn't have a choice because they didn't have the resources to send. And right. so what happened up here was really cool because it was just like, again, like all these guys that worked together, that knew each other, that lived in the community, they all knew Nick. We all knew each other, and nobody had any issue taking an order or executing a plan or yep. throwing their two cents. We in. had timber faller, like, yeah. timber fallers digging hand line. Like you, you get once you get into a fire, it's everybody thinks they they have a title. Like I'm signed up the fire to do this. Yeah, I'm a timber faller. I'm like nah, bullshit. You're here. You're getting paid. If yeah. you, like there's nothing for you to do. You're not sitting on your ass. You're gonna go drive the fire line. Like every, and everybody was awesome by just doing it. Yeah. So they were like, okay, we're gonna monitor this line all night. So we had people yeah. running side by sides up and down the fire line. Hey, on the radio, we have a spot here. People would put their clothes on, their boots on. We go dig hand line, get a cat, whatever. Like we yeah. we did it. We worked with the city of Butte Falls. We had an engine up there. Jeff mm. Gorman caught a caught a spot fire, which could have been the end of everything. Just at dark, seen a little smoke column down under the road, probably 300 yards. Seen it. We had a Butte Falls volunteer fire department engine there, kick ass, line it with a cat. We had, an, like, it was, it was a beautiful time. Yeah. It was a beautiful time. What, what were your, uh, so, so you guys kind of, I mean, this was all organic. Like, you were just, like, out here, the fire's coming up in your backyard, you're calling people. Yeah. And what were your first interactions with, like, official... Uh, <laughs> the guy that come here told us we had to evacuate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've got in so the yard the here. Federal, once the federal team took over, yeah. like they were kind of briefed on who we were. And the same token, he had a bunch of guys that were like, oh, basically like these are a bunch of 
like rebels up here, not knowing what they're doing with a bunch of shitty equipment or yeah. this. What the freelance fire? Like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Get out of no, here! They have this term that they call people that like so the federal and the state guys and or whoever. You know, I can't even. Uh, I, I could never tell the difference between them. But there's a good. I mean, there's good people. Unbad well, people so there on were, both sides there were of two, everything. Yeah, too. there were there were the guy, most of the guys that were on the ground that were actually part of like running the fire crews were really glad to see what we were doing because they knew they didn't have the resources to do it. The guys that were bringing those resources that had been signed up through the state and all that and were going to the morning briefings and stuff like that, those were the guys that generally tended to not like us <laughs> because our goal was you know you sign up for fire and like the state pays really well for it and all of that is a great thing for somebody who's in the in an industry that is shut down from fire season or whatever it's a good thing to sign up it, it's a positive thing because you're there and you're ready to, yes. to help and all of that kind I of thing but there is some of this mentality of like it's your money to make and uh. when guys like us we're just going for it. And, like, we weren't trying to... We, like, I didn't want my shit to burn yeah, down we were, or my yeah, town. We were, we were, our, our goal was not to be on the fire and, like, protect... Like, we were, we were there to put it the fuck out as fast as possible. <laughs> and, like, we were doing it as hard as we could because... It was Nick's house. It was his It was it my was, future was of the everyone. thousands of acres of growing timber well, that I falls, will survive off and my, my generations behind me will survive off the management of the land. To watch it all go up in flames? Yeah. No. Well, like, that's not an option. Butte Falls is one of the last, like, I mean, not maybe not last, but it is a logging community, period. Yeah. And all of the timber that's around here is what makes the town, it's where the jobs come from. Like... Everyone in Butte Falls logs, period. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a guy that works at a convenience store. Like, there's the Sugar Pine Cafe. The but, Sugar Pine yeah. Cafe is, is <laughs> but, the, the safety only, meeting yeah, place. The, the like, that's every person in the morning. In if you like, if like, if you're ever like looking for work or like, hey, like, I think I can, I'm gonna get up in the morning and be somewhere at five thirty or six o'clock in the morning and do something. Just show up at the cafe. And, and say like go back to old times like what do you, I'm here I need I need a job you're I guarantee there's something to do yeah yeah there's something to do just gotta ask yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's I mean that's what the 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 energy that came behind everybody that was out here it didn't come from a place of anything other than protecting the community and and fighting for what needed to be done. And so, yeah, there were the guys that weren't happy to see us. And they call you that, that yeah, the term that they use. Well, is, I is heard it free, a few times. Yeah, a few fucking times. It's like, oh, you guys are uh, freelancers. Which basically just means some asshole with a bulldozer. <laughs> 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 like, and, you know, like, not like there's no, you know, you don't get any respect from them about, you know, what we were really doing, which at that point, Murr was. We had Cook, Murr and we Holly. Had... Nick and my our our wives were running a base a camp. camp for thirty guys. They were passing all of the information between. Like whenever I would come through here, I'd leave a message for Nick or leave a message for somebody else. 
they'd come back here and they're passing all that information. They're keeping us fed. They're doing all the laundry. People would show people would show up at at, at four in the morning or three in the morning, and the wives were up like. Are you here for coffee, breakfast, or, like, what do you need? And it was was like, you never had to do, I could be outside talking to my guys the whole time, and I, like, I drink a lot of coffee. Even, like, this morning, I drank a pot and a half. I, like, I drink a lot of coffee, so, like, my wife knows me. If I'm sitting there, I don't even, like, I don't say nothing. I just, it's a never-ending cup. It never ends. Murray, so can you tell me a little bit about, like, what that was like for you, like, running that base camp and cooking and cleaning and communicating? Well, at first, I mean, Nick tells me, like, hey, I'm going to have, like, a couple guys, because first... (laughs) (laughs) first, I didn't want to shock you. Yeah. It's like John, but it's calm. Yeah, when the fires first broke out, like, he was like, you know, like, go ahead, head, like, go go to Central Point or whatever. So I went to a friend's house. Had my kids there and everything. Well, then another fire popped off down there in Central Point. Yeah, and, on the Greenway. And, yeah, on the Greenway. So had to come back that next day, and I couldn't get a hold of him. Like, well, what do I do? I ran over a dog. Like, I had the kids. It was a bad day. And it's like, well, just come up. You know, I have a couple guys. I think you're going to stay here. Oh, yeah, it was full on for a whole month that I had guys here. <laughs> and it was, yeah, they were, it was, yeah, they were on my couches, and they were in our shop. And, they, like, we just... We Barn, shop, couches. Yeah, we just tried to make it as com- as comfortable as we could for them, and yeah, they. Well, we had no power, yeah, and no we, power. we have running water, and we had hot water. Luckily, we had everything yeah. we needed. Yeah, and for no nails. power for what? There was a week and a half. We had it's no about, power. Yeah. I think the girls were here for like a week. Yeah, yeah so. gas stove. Yes. We have gas. So, yeah, we have cooking capable. We we, we ate like kings. Like we literally really, ate like kings. It we was, were fine. Was, we started out yeah. from tortilla rolls all the way up to yeah, I got better. Yeah, it's steaks started, yeah, and all kinds of good stuff. And yeah. then more people would bring me in stuff, and the people down the the friends from down the road that were the fire first broke out, they were bringing us supplies that they yeah. got supplies from there. So I mean, it was. It was cool. Basically, my job here was to make sure that they were normal because someone like you, you got really, really kooky, Nick. Like, <laughs> what's up for about? I was up for like what six yeah. days yeah, straight. So, so I mean, not yeah. normal and maybe not focusing on the fire the whole entire time. I feel like that was my. We had fa- like, the kids, the girls did yeah, face, face painting, painting on the yeah, on, on the firefighters, on our oh. workers. Uh, war paint, yeah. war paint. Yeah, yeah. We had yeah. smiley faces and rainbows out there fighting yeah. fires. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> made fun yeah. of it. Is the thing? Yeah. You, yeah, that was good. I'm on a firefighting fire, cutting trees, pushing bulldozers. Make fun of my rainbow. Please. Yeah. Please no, do it. Was <laughs> it was just an awesome thing to see because you had, every every time you came down to the house here, because we were in Nick's house, leaving from the from his driveway with the bulldozers, any time we were parking or getting fuel, this is where we were at. There's a picture of like 10 cats parked in my field, right yeah. in the yard, right in front of my house. And then in that behind the picture, you can't see it. There's literally another six or seven pieces of equipment, right? It was right towards the end of it. it like, I think we kind of had her, we had, as far as the equipment, we felt like we had. Yeah. So everything was here for that one day. Well, and, and like, I'm like a hermit, so I that's incredible. like people that <laughs> very much. And so, but like, anytime people would come in, like me and Holly, or even the girls, like, we'd be like, do you want a snack? Or like, we didn't know who anybody was in that was coming in my house. And so we'd be like, hey, you know, like, well, you yeah, but for the most part, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah for you knew names, the majority of the names time here. People. Yeah, he would have some people that we know that from previous fires or people that we know, and they would come and they'd be like, Hey, Mara, how's it going? I'm like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> haven't cried today because it was scary. And, like, um, he'd be like, well, just so you know, like, the one, the 
you want to talk about, you know what I'm talking about. And um, well, just so you know, like this, this could be like the biggest fire that I've ever seen. But you know, I think you're in good hands. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> So, it was yeah. tense, you know, but at the same time, the the way that things went, went so smooth just because nobody had any kind of bad attitude about any uh-huh. of it. Uh-huh. If you were sleeping on the hay bales, you were glad to be getting some sleep. <laughs> and, and, well, no, and yeah, and every, everybody was fed and, you know, the, the girls were just taking care of us and making it possible for us to work what we're unre like an unreasonable amount like we cut i mean the fire lines that ended up holding from this house to is like where six seven miles yeah and then they go the other way another three yeah and that's just the i mean we cut and four just fire so lines you know like there's so that people know there, that's you know this fire as big as this fire was that's literally it's it's not a lot in the big perspective. No. Yeah. But it for what we our mission was, where our people's houses we know in our town, you can see it on the like that was our stand. Like there's a chunk. There's a there was a whole hell of a lot of the same good yeah. work done all the way around the fire with everybody. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to okay. be sitting here saying like we put the bar like bullshit. No. It no. was like we did a fraction of it, you right. know, which yeah. to our our eyes it was the biggest part of it. Well, yeah. and that's what that's what for I us. mean is that yeah. for this community of people, there, there wasn't, a, there just wasn't support from the state at that point. And what we ended up accomplishing was as a community coming together and doing something that was pretty incredible. With very, I mean, we had resources that were available to us, whether it was our own equipment or equipment from guys that we knew, contractors that we worked together that, with, and everything. But you know. Putting all that together isn't something that you can do overnight. It was really an amazing. There were times when I like the moments where we're out there and the grass is burning, and you're pushing it with the dozer. And there's three guys that I've like kind of have met before, <laughs> and we're like pushing the grass, like pushing out a safety zone, and the fire is right there, and you see it sort of puffing from like each row of trees towards the field that you're in. And I remember looking around. Because I could tell that everybody was a little bit nervous, <laughs> right? And, and I'm like, that makes me nervous. Because I'm like, I'll just keep working until things get really bad, and then I'll get out of here, right? But, I, but I'm looking around, and, every, and I'm nervous. They're nervous. We're all still there. We're all still doing it. And that drive and motivation was like... Well, you had a plan, too, and you were there. So, you like, had a plan. Every, but we briefed every... Before yeah. that, I know the situation. And we all had operators and us... Yeah. Had a meeting as here's how we're gonna do this. I knew every meadow that was there. It was p- yeah. push an area safe, you know, two hundred feet wide. You got enough cats. Nudge out ahead. Nudge out ahead. As soon as you, you know, if, if we can make it to that meadow, it was literally a yeah. hundred yards through there, and we would have headed off. Say, I, I mean, if it wouldn't have jumped, it, who knows? Like, you can't Monday night quarterback yeah. on the right. side. Like, you don't know. But if it could have got to the next meadow, there's a chance you could have saved a whole nother. 10,000 acres on the whole edge of that. But, like I said, everybody had a meeting before we pushed in. Because it was there. The fire yeah. was on us. 
Well, so the safety is... zones were done and people backed out communication. Boom, it was done. We were safe. The fire well, you burned. You guys all, like, the level of appreciation, too, that you guys all had for each other was respect. like, it was here. Yeah, the respect. Yeah, it was here. It was out there. Like, it was pretty cool to see. Well, from the my, stakes our were point of high. View. Yeah. Because they, they, these were not just, it wasn't, we weren't in someone else's backyard. This yeah. is the backyard of everybody that we know. That's our backyard. Yeah. And so when we were doing it, yet, like, yeah, like, there were times where it was furry as fuck and like <laughs> and, and like we, we were all still there and like at the and in that uncertainty of what's gonna happen when there's a fire burn because there's nobody knows the answer of like is it gonna jump and hook yeah. around us and yeah. are we all about to get burnt up like those things are racing through everybody's mind as you're doing it and not one person was hesitating to push forward and try to get i mean if but there was got times bad, we, we, fell were, back. we bailed we fell back but and there was multiple times yeah, we had absolutely on this one no we, we weren't felt, making we bad decisions back. but that was the thing is that we all had the trust in each other to know when it was time to bail and until that point got reached not one person yep. made a move to do anything but stick with the plan and stick with the team and that was what is it, the Spartans, fight. when they put their shields up? Yeah. Come on. No, there you go. What that's was. what it is. When if you, you let one shield fall and the right. arrows are coming, yeah. you're all, you're when all you've done. You've got four cats all in a row pushing dirt and making a big safety zone out there. And not one The helicopter, guy. that one air attacker Dude, flew over us, thing. like, top of us. And it's like, it's like it felt... we can't turn around. We're Dude. here. Like, we're... This is, we already had a plan because the safety, yeah. we were already ahead of it. The safety zone was being pushed before yeah. the fire was there, but that helicopter flew right. It's like, we're good. We, we can't turn around, guy. Like, we know what's going Like, we, yeah. we got this right now. It's, we yeah. got it. How often did you guys get air support? No, I didn't. Well, there was, we never did. There were, on not the, once, not. there was, no, there was, a, there were a couple of drops that they did when we were pushing the safety zone up, uh, up once it jumped the on hands. top of the ridge. Yep. Was that, that early? And that yeah, was second that, that day was too. Second day, because then after that we got, there was so much smoke they could, that they couldn't, they couldn't fly. Mm. Which was another reason the fire did like give us a chance. Like I mean, it didn't. It still burnt through it pretty hot. Yeah. But that it, once it crested over and creeped towards us, we and we were ahead of it. And we had our trails. There was an inversion. We had we had that. First two nights when we, it bumped up to a couple of our lines that were right ar- right above town, right above Butte Falls. Yeah. There was, how many spots did we, there was a dozen spots. So we, timber fallers, cat operators, everybody that sent water tender drivers would fan. And we there would be a big tree. We'd be all sitting out there. Big tree would flare up and we'd fan. And we'd what is walk. That? What is we that would mean? spread out like like looking for a lost human being. Okay. You'd spread out like 10 feet and you'd sweep it. Mm. And there was like, I don't know how we'd all have, we'd have piss can. Not everybody had a piss can because we were, you know, limited on supplies, but we had enough. Shovel, everybody had shovels. Piss can a piss can. And, yeah, right. What, what the hell is a piss can? Piss can basically like a backpack with like maybe five gallons of water. And it's got like a little gun. It's just like, it's a little bit of water. It's a squirt yeah. gun. So, like, it seems, it's a squirt gun. It, so from, like, it's a squirt gun. It's a badass, like, a dude who gotcha. never fought yeah, right. fire before, they'd be like, where's my piss can? And I was like, what the fuck are you <laughs> Like, are you joking? Like, that is, an, that is a piece of equipment that we're using? <laughs> but it, it, it turns out, they're really fucking handy. Oh, they're, they're, how many, there yeah. was a dozen, at least a dozen times we did that and picked up spot fires. And like most of those, we didn't need to take a piece of equipment because we were consistent on... 
a chain of command. It wasn't everybody like, nobody was like, I'm tired. Like, I can't. No, <laughs> full, not one person would do it because they knew they'd get, probably get made fun of. And like, <laughs> you can go home now. Like, it's time for you to leave. Like, we're not going to deal with it. So yeah. nobody said shit. Everybody lined out and made jokes and laughed and yelled and hoo-hoo, I got a spot. And shovels came and the piss can. Yeah. Put it, I mean, it was multiple times we could have lost that up there. Yeah. Multiple times we could have lost it. Well, and that was the, 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 the entire attitude of everybody was just that the fire doesn't, it's not, doesn't it doesn't get tired yeah. and like, it doesn't wait on you. And, and it doesn't it, and give like, it, uh, and so, and, right. Yeah. So like, yeah, the, the idea that you like complain about anything is sort of like, what, what are you fighting against? Yeah, right. Like the whole, like the fucking fire dude. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like it's being super inconsiderate of your feelings. <laughs> But, and so the support that we were giving each other through all of that, because it, it is like a really trying thing to be trying to do. You're not, you know, you, we we were operating in shifts, but the shifts were kind of determined by like when you needed a fucking nap. The shifts were considered on, on, on no, on like, on, if the fire was coming and it was heading off, you didn't leave. No. And then whoever was there to relieve yeah. you stayed with you and then... You caught on the radio and got whatever. Like, yeah. it was, it was, there. like, oh, 12 hours, oh, oh I gotta check in. Not, nah, I'm sorry, it wasn't an option. And yeah. that's just, I think that's the way it should be done, because when you get times to rest, you get time. Well, it's about accountability, and, and I mean, I understand why in a, in this, like, a, from the state's perspective, I the do, reason yeah. that yeah. they run on shifts is safety and all of those things, which I'm in no way suggesting that anything should be done in an unsafe manner, period. But the stringency of the way that their shifts get run means that, you know, like a guy who's got fucking, we, we had enough accountability and trust in ourselves and in each other to know. I think I got told to go to bed at like yeah. five yeah. or six. People are like, I'm like, yeah. ah, there all right. A, yeah. So I did. I, tried, like, I got like, told no, and like, I respected the decision of the people that yeah. told me. Like, you're done for I'm eight weird. hours. I'm weird. I agree. I'm done for eight hours. <laughs> Or, you know, like, I need a four-hour nap. and Or, like, whatever. We were Cat making naps, the, Yeah. I Cat slept naps. on the hood of the bulldozer because yep, yep, yep. it was warm. <laughs> <laughs> and that that kind of way of going about it, it made a lot of sense for the, the lack of resources that were available across this fire up here because if we weren't doing that, there every time everybody shuts down... You lost it. It would jump the lines and you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to put in lines and do the work, you know, and lose it is devastating on yeah. something that if you just were there, a piss can could have fixed yeah. another hundred thousand dollars being there. Yeah, so you're saying hundred hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, was somebody paying for this? Was it all volunteer? You know, it was it when we first went into all this. A hundred percent, nobody cared. It wasn't yeah. about it wasn't yeah. about money. It wasn't about anything other than the fact is we needed this job needed to get done, and yeah. we had the knowledge and the equipment and capabilities to do so. So as the fire progressed and people start talking to us about, hey, you need to talk to this person. So we just kind of went to the chain of command and yeah, we got reimbursed no, on everything so, we did. So like, we're not here to be like, no, yeah. like this for, no. no, we got, we got treated where cost of us and in industry is probably higher than any, like most people see. 
But that's like that's what we make when you go buy a two by four at the at Lowe's. You know how much you pay. It's it's expensive. Fuel, you know, uh, mechanics. We had lots. We I had a mechanic parked out here for the first what five days. I had a mechanic, uh, like a, a hundred and thirty dollar an hour mechanic to sit there, and that's not count. That's just him to fix stuff. That's not counting when you break yeah. an actual He's, part that has he cat or Don Deere on it. In the middle of the so I mean, we just we had a full full service mechanic sitting here the entire time because he would call in. Boom, he was there. We fixed like we didn't. It was no wasted well, time. And, and that's so, the that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So we got so we built we what we were told to. And we're yeah, like I said, we're very fortunate that we got we got covered for what we did. We would have done it either way. Yeah. But the state and the feds and everybody it was a level of appreciation. And then like they're flying and looking at the stuff we did and like like the ghost like people did this. It wasn't you know we did this. Yeah. And yeah. so for them to come forward and and pay us and tell us is. It's it's um, it's well, awesome. It's, it's I'm, I'm glad that they reimbursed you instead of like fined you or even. Oh, then they could have. It, it, yeah. There was people no, from the, were... at the federal level that they they really they could have, you know. But well, once they got they here and they seen what we were doing, the sheriff to the sheriffs came up to come kick us out. Yeah, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, the evacuation. Can we that. take a break so I can take a leak? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heard special guests nick rogers marissa rogers and john layman catch us next week as they finish their story and listen in as they describe their sometimes dicey interactions with the sheriff's department and federal firefighting crews all while in the midst of pushing forward against all odds with their unsanctioned mission to protect their homes and the town of butte falls if you'd like to support these folks and you have trees you need to cut, land you need to clear, things you need to truck, or manure you need moved, you can hire them to do some work for you. Nick is the owner of Rogers Contract Cutting Incorporated, as well as 2J's Resources Low Impact Sustainable Forestry, where they use draft horses rather than diesel-powered skidders to haul out logs. John's company is Extra Careful Nice Boys Trucking, and he is happy to load up and haul basically anything that you might need. Community Talk with Tommy is produced by Justin Silva, Austin Roberts, Hillary Wallace, and myself with the help of our creative consultant, Max Goldman. I'm your host, Tommy Letchworth, and if you like what you heard, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on most other platforms where podcasts can be found. Find us on Facebook at Community Talk with Tommy. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This episode of Community Talk with Tommy is brought to you by Day Drinking. Have you lost track of the days of the week? Can you not remember the last time you wore something other than sweatpants? Has your self-image and standards become non-existent? Boy, do we have a solution for you. Welcome to Day Drinking. Day Drinking has deep roots in ancient and medieval societies, often keeping people safe from that potentially deadly substance called water. Now you can use day drinking's intoxicating effects to bolster your confidence and drown your self-awareness. Day drinking won't help you remember what day it is or tell you to put pants on, but it will stop you from caring. Just pop open that beer, pour that glass of Chardonnay, or Irish up that coffee and you'll notice the effects almost instantly. 
Please consult your doctor before prescribing yourself day drinking. Day drinking side effects could include delusions of grandeur, texting your ex, calling your boss an asshole, and possibly a DUI. Day drinking is most effective when used with the shampoo effect. Lather, rinse, and repeat.